Hey everyone and welcome back to The Biz. This is our second episode of this series and we're very excited to welcome Superintendent Cade Brumley to the studio. Thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well we also have Brian Davis who's our education lobbyist here to kind of moderate the discussion. So Brian, let's kick it off. Welcome Dr. Brumley. We're happy to have you here. I just kind of want to talk about some of the major issues we have going on in session. I know we've got ESAs, we've got uh, the foundations of numeracy. We've got financial literacy. Just kind of want to hear you know, some of your thoughts about how those are going, where those are heading, and what they might look like once they get them out of session. Yeah, look, I mean, we know we have a, this is a short session. This is a financial session, but at the same time, we feel like we see a lot of really good education bills moving through. Uh, and so we're excited about that. And uh, just really at this point, looking forward to getting to the finish line. Some of the, you know, we're doing ESAs, how do you think those will affect us? Should we should we get them passed? How will they affect you know, students? Um, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wrote a, um, a letter to the editor about uh, two months ago, and I articulated a position that I just feel like educational savings accounts uh, would enrich Louisiana as a whole, um, particularly uh, first and foremost around parental choice and every family getting to select the school that makes the most sense for them. Um, but also, like, from an economical standpoint, uh, it makes a ton of sense because what we see is we see other states, uh, particularly in the southeast and the Gulf Coast, uh, looking at uh, or having passed ESA legislation. And so where I feel like um, that will put us at a competitive disadvantage if at some point, uh, hopefully sooner than later, uh, we don't... Uh, have ESA legislation and, and have that in, into play because whenever we're thinking about retaining companies in our state uh, and more specifically when we're thinking about trying to recruit companies to the state, if you have states like Florida and Texas and Oklahoma and Arkansas uh, telling uh, large or small companies, hey, come to our state uh, and as a benefit of being here, your, your employees will have the opportunity to um, have flexible funding on their child's education. Uh, and then in Louisiana, you're saying, come to our state, uh, and you have to go to a zone school. Now, that school may be wonderful, but there it may not fit the family's need. And so I just feel like uh, we will be at an economical competitive disadvantage um, if we do not have ESAs in our state. And speaking of business, I know one of the main pushes we're doing is financial literacy. Um, that's something really big for the business community. We're constantly hearing from businesses. They want students who can balance a checkbook, who can read a contract, who understand, you know, loans. So I think that's a it's an excellent thing the department is pushing as well. I know we have later today, actually, that's going to be in the uh, Senate Education Committee. Yeah, look, I mean, as I travel the state and I talk with groups, whether they're business groups or, or parents or community organizations, um, across demographic, across the aisle, one of the most common complaints I hear is that uh, we need to do a better job of, of helping prepare our students for financial literacy, financial responsibility. So we're really excited about uh, the, the hopes of this bill. Uh, Representative Muscarello uh, initially filed this, this priority legislation. We're excited about it. And so what will it focus on? It will make sure that before graduation, every student in Louisiana has to have financial literacy, which would include topics like uh, debt and credit and checking and savings and insurance and contracts and, and all of those things that we know we have to interact and deal with on a daily basis. But, you know, from my experience and from the experience of so many others, preparation for financial decisions coming out of high school wasn't necessarily the best. 
And so this bill will make this a requirement um, for all students in Louisiana moving forward. So kind of to backtrack a little bit on the ESAs for a second. So I know that, you know, you read stories um, on a daily basis. You know, Iowa just passed ESA legislation, Arkansas, like you mentioned, some other states like that. And it really will mean a lot for business competitiveness, like you said. Um, And while we're in a fiscal session right now, you know, next year we'll most likely have you know, we'll definitely have a new governor. Don't know who that will be. How do you envision next session being good time for ESAs? And do you see those getting passed? And what all, what is the department kind of doing to, if you want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, we know that we have legislation for ESAs this session. It's uncertain what will happen in this particular session. uh, But, but we do feel fairly confident that in, if not this year, certainly next year, we will have uh, ESAs, um, across the state in in some form. And so for us, that's exciting because we believe that choice expands opportunities. And so what what we're trying to do is think about how can we be in a position as a state agency um, if and when legislation passes so that we can implement um, as flawlessly as possible what could be um, quite a, a monumental program. On that note, how what are the steps? I know that Sharon Hewitt has a bill this session to kind of prime the department for the implementation of ESAs. So can you elaborate on what that looks like? Yeah, so there, there uh, of course, we have Representative Butler's bill this year that focuses on individuals with exceptionalities and, and having access to ESAs for that particular subgroup of students. We know that uh, Chairman Lance Harris has more of a universal opportunity with the, the Sunshine uh, Scholarship Opportunity Um, But we also have uh, Senator Sharon Hewitt, who has a resolution that essentially urges the department to ready itself for implementation at whatever point that that were to happen. And so we're going to do uh, everything within our power, within the the means that we have um, to make sure that we are ready for a successful implementation, whether that's this year or, or next year. It's very exciting. Um, So as session kind of comes to a close, can you talk about any other initiatives the the department is working on looking ahead to as we wrap up the school year and move into the summer? What else is going on in your world? Well, I mean, I think another priority bill for us, uh, Senate Bill 81 by Senator McMath, it's called the Associate Teacher Program. And so we know that two years ago, we had 2,500 teaching vacancies across the state. We know that last year or this year, rather, we have about 1,200 so we've made progress on teaching vacancies, but outside the parent, there's really nothing more important than a high-quality teacher for every child, and so we have more work to do there. I'm not sure that education, like other professions, uh, has done a good job of building a pipeline to the, to the profession. We've relied completely on colleges of education and then, and then most recently alternative programs. What the associate teacher uh, pathway does is it allows individuals who have an associate's degree Uh, and we know there are a couple hundred thousand in the state of Louisiana, Um, it allows them to receive a permit in their area of specialty. And so they would receive a permit in their area of specialty to be a teacher, and it puts them on a clock. And within five years, they have to finish a four-year degree. Um, During that period of time, uh, they would have a mentor. uh, They would have weekly professional development. They would have this clinical experience. And it also solves the vacancy issue potentially. So we would be solving the vacancy issue potentially, but also building that pipeline to the profession through clinical experience, which I think is really important. And we've put a couple of safeguards in that bill, one meaning that an associate teacher cannot make but 75% 
of average teacher pay within a system, and no more than 10% of the complete workforce, teaching workforce in the system can be an associate teacher. So this is not happening anywhere else in the country, and we, we think it's a, a, a good opportunity uh, for us to further build that pipeline. And I know one thing that we did last year was uh, a lot of work in literacy. We passed some foundations of literacy bill. Through those bills, we're already seeing gains in literacy, gains overall in our students. And I know this year we're doing the um, foundations of numeracy. So would you mind talking about that a little bit? Look, I think, I think we've had a collective effort on literacy to, like, address head-on our reading crisis in our state. You know, last year we, on the nation's report card, we led the country in fourth-grade reading growth. Um, overall, on the nation's report card, we went from 46th to 42nd as a, as a state. Um, overall, U.S. News and World Report says we've gone from 46th to 41st as a state. So some of that early work is, is, is working, um, and it has been literacy-focused, back to the basics, phonics-based instruction, but now it's time for us to hit math. So I think our literacy strategy is right. We have to hold the line there, but now we have to tackle math. And so we have a couple of bills this year that are like the start of that. Um, one um, requires uh, professional development for teachers in math uh, grades four through eight, which is the, the, our data tell us that that's where the decline really hits us. Um, and then the next is to transform pre-service education coursework in colleges so that teachers are better prepared uh, to teach math whenever they exit the college. And all of this is like, again, a back to the foundations approach um, around the things that, that we know matter to early learners in math because math stacks. So if you have a problem with math as a first grader, it's only going to become uh, more complicated and it's going to worsen as that child progresses through their K-12 experience. So we have to do a better job really in the early years of making sure our kids have foundational math skills. Um, and, and that's what our math strategy is going to begin to do. And it kind of um, uh, kicks off this August. All right. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for coming by. I know we actually are about to head to Senate Ed. So we wanted to get, get you in and out real quick today. But we appreciate your time and giving us an update on the education front. Catch our next episode of The Biz. Next week, we'll be talking carbon capture with Lauren Haddon and a special guest. So be sure to tune in. As a reminder, you can listen to The Biz wherever you get your podcast.